the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN, Verse by Verse. Sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. So why should a believer in Christ leave a church or a religious association he was he was raised in when it only hurt his parents or perhaps in some cases hurt children it invites scorn and misunderstanding from others it creates tensions in the family it may develop into uh, social and financial ramifications why do that I'm not sure that many of us recognize the importance of church leadership that teaches God's Word and teaches it accurately There's a tendency to have a rather nonchalant view of the church's doctrines and focus instead on the music or the atmosphere. Or simply attend because, well, that's where our whole family has always gone. I know of one family who goes to a particular church because an ancestor founded it, but now the denomination has gone liberal and no longer teaches biblical truth, but they still go out of family loyalty. They really should find a church that feeds them better. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been teaching from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, which deals with spiritual separation. As we've been seeing, this doesn't mean cutting ourselves off from unbelievers. That's impossible for one thing, and besides, we need to mingle with unbelievers and even have them for friends so that we can communicate the good news. But spiritual alliances with unbelievers are another matter. They are not worshiping the same God we worship. In our last class, Pastor Steve moved on to verse 1 of chapter 7, which logically belongs in chapter 6 because it's here that Paul makes the application we should get from what we read at the end of that chapter. Paul said, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now let's dig into that verse and see what it has to say to us. Here's Pastor Steve. Now there are a number of truths that are in this, uh, in this verse. However, at the heart of this sentence is one basic command, and that's what I want you to see. One basic command, and it is the command to cleanse ourselves from all defilements of flesh and spirit. That's, that's the heart. That's the core of this verse. By continuing to worship idols with unbelievers, the Corinthians were defiling themselves or or contaminating themselves, and they needed to be cleansed. Just as if you get sick with a virus and it contaminates your whole body, it's not saying isolated, it contaminates your whole physical being. So false religion, Paul tells us, contaminates our entire spiritual being. It contaminates our spiritual lives. In other words, joining the unsaved in worshiping a man-made view of God always has an adverse effect on us spiritually. You can't be neutral. You can't be neutral on this. It pollutes our outward behavior as well as our inward thinking. It has an adverse effect on you. Now, I'm going to have more to say about that later, but I want at, at this point, 
I just want you to, to grasp that continuing to join unbelievers in false worship is detrimental to your spiritual health. It's a serious matter. It doesn't benefit at all your relationship with Christ. In fact, it harms it. It harms it. So, therefore, in light of how serious this whole thing of separation is, Paul makes one final appeal to the Corinthians. And this is the final appeal that, that we're making and he's making through me and through the word of God to us as a church. This appeal, watch this, this appeal is based on God's grace and his kindness to us, his mercy. Notice how Paul begins this verse. Therefore, having these promises, beloved. Paul bases his appeal to the Corinthians to cleanse themselves from being stained by idolatry on God's kindness, his mercy in giving us certain promises. That's, that's the truth here. Now, now he's saying, since God has been so kind to you, you need to separate from unbelievers. Since God has been so merciful and so compassionate and so sweet and has blessed you immeasurably, therefore you need to cleanse yourselves by separating. That's the point. Now, what are the promises he's referring to? Well, these are the promises he mentioned in chapter six. You may not have looked at them as promises, but they are. And that's why he says, therefore, he opens chapter seven by saying, therefore, because therefore looks back at what the promises he stated in the previous section. And Paul, by doing that, is making a logical conclusion application to what he's taught. Based on all of this, therefore, do this. Now, what are the promises he's, he's referring to? In verse 16, he says, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That's a magnificent promise. It's a promise of God indwelling us. It's a promise of the Lord at salvation actually coming to take up residency in you and in me. We tend to take that for granted. We tend to make it simply a a theological statement, but what a glorious reality that is. The moment you turn from your sin and you trusted Christ as Lord and Savior, unbeknownst to your physical eye, the Spirit of God, the third person of the triune God, took up residency in you. He'll be with you forever. God established a relationship with you by his grace. He chose you in eternity past. He drew you to himself. He gave you faith to to begin with. He opened your eyes. He showed you that you were a sinner. And then the moment you turned to Christ, he came to indwell you. You became one of his, and he became your God. Paul mentions this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And he also said in chapter 3, he said in verse 19 of 6, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? You've been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Jesus Christ purchased you. Dying on the cross, he purchased you. He has every right to do with you what he wants to do with you and what he has chosen to do with you. One thing, at least, is to indwell you. That's a glorious promise. No longer can we do our own thing. We belong to God and he belongs to us. We've been purchased by the blood of Christ. He indwells us. We are his people. He is our God. Never take that for granted. Never think it's coming to you. If you've been raised hearing the gospel all of your life, then this may just uh, be so familiar to you that it doesn't gra- it hasn't grasped your uh, your attention but this is a glorious prom- promise nobody else has this lord's not dwelling in anybody else today 
you, you hear that in modern theology that you have the, the spark of divinity in you, but that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that only believers in Christ have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So that's promise number one. The second promise that Paul stated is the promise found at the end of verse six, uh, 17, rather, in verse 18, where he says, I will welcome you and I'll be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me. To those believers who obey him in turning away from idolaters and idolatry, God promises to welcome them. It's a promise to welcome them into his loving and fatherly care. It's a promise of, of tenderness and giving and caring as he provides for us as a father provides for his own children. It's a great promise. It's a wonderful promise. When my mother and my father forsake me, the psalmist said, then the Lord will take me up. The Lord will take care of me. So it's in light of these incredible promises by God, have a relationship with us. He loves us. He treats us as his beloved children that Paul makes an appeal. And his appeal is this. You Corinthians need to, in light of how good God has been to you, walk away from idols. In other words, if God has been so gracious to you, how can you continue worshiping a false God? How can you do that? Out of gratitude for his love and mercy and grace in your life, you must separate from worshiping idols with unbelievers. Now, I think there's a glorious truth here, a principle that that is even broader than what Paul is, is specifically teaching us here, and it's this. The more you and I appreciate the grace of God in our lives, the greater will be your obedience to the Lord out of a heart of thanksgiving. The more you understand the great reform doctrines of, of human and total and radical depravity and God's grace to deal with us, the more grateful you will be to the Lord. Because you will say with Paul, in Rome, like he said in Romans 7, there is no good thing that dwells in me. Nothing in and of ourselves would merit God's favor and God's grace and God working in our lives. It is only God's sovereign grace that draws any of us into salvation. And when you grasp that, you will be a thankful person. And and Christians who are grateful are obedient Christians. Remove that. Think that that somehow you uh, mustered up faith that somehow you figured out the gospel, that somehow it's left up to you, that you on your own accord chose Christ, you're not going to be that grateful. Because why? Because it has something to do with you. But if it has nothing to do with you and all of God's grace, you will be a grateful Christian because you realize that you have him to thank and nobody else, and it will affect the way you live. Now, Paul is, is... focusing in on that principle and saying, if God has been so kind as to indwell you and to establish a relationship with you, how can you continue worshiping idols? How can you do that? See, Paul is appealing to to us to obey God out of gratitude. We are to be a thankful people. We are never to take the Christian life for granted. This is is basically the same truth he told them about his own life in chapter 5. Remember, We looked at this in chapter 5, verse 14, where he says, for the love of Christ controls us, meaning I understand that that Christ's love for me, he's not talking about his love for Christ, but uh, for the love of Christ controls or compels or pushes me, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died, and he died for all so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Paul said, when I understood the grace of God, the love of Christ in dying for me on the cross, 
in, in having my sins placed upon him, then all I could do in response to him was to live for him. He died for me, I live for him. That's how Paul lives, and that's what he's saying to the Corinthians. How can you sit under erroneous, blasphemous teachings about God who has been so kind to you? How can you do that when you understand the kindness of God, and yet you sit and dishonor the God who has been so kind? So why should a believer in Christ leave a church or a religious association he was, he was raised in when it only hurt his parents or perhaps in some cases hurt children? It invites scorn and misunderstanding from others. It creates tensions in the family. It may develop into uh, social and financial ramifications. Why do that? Very simple. We do it for the Lord. That's all. We do it for the Lord as a way of saying thank you for being so kind to me. Thank you. Thank you. This is what you want. How can we sin against such grace by continuing to worship a false view of the God who has been so kind to us? How can we do that? You see, a true understanding of God's grace, as I said in his kindness, always leads us to obey him. Right, let me just show you this. Second Peter. You look at Second Peter at the end of your Bibles. Second Peter chapter 1. It, it's the same principle. It's taught throughout Scripture. Gratitude flows from an understanding of his precious promises and grace in our lives, and gratitude results in obedience. Notice 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 2. He says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. What a great verse. What he's saying is that everything you need Everything you need to grow spiritually, you already have. You're lacking in nothing. You don't need extra uh, information. You don't need psychology. You don't need a a new uh, philosophy to help you. You don't need to read a special book that reveals something new that, that you haven't known or nobody's known for all these years, some new discovery. He says that he's granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. It's through a knowledge of Christ. It's through the word of God. For by these, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. By the gospel message, he's granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. Watch this. So that by them, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by by lust. By God's promises, we've been saved. We've been given a new nature. We've been given everything we need for godliness. We've escaped the corruption that's in the world by lust. So in light of that, what do you do? Peter tells us, verse five. Now for this very reason also, He's making an appeal like Paul. It's for this very reason of God's grace and mercy and multitude promises, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. And he goes on to tell us all the things necessary for spiritual growth. It's the same truth. Based on God's magnificent promises in your life, now grow spiritually. That's what Peter is saying. For this very reason, since he's been so good to you, you need to respond by growing spiritually in him. It's the same truth Paul taught in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Remember, just uh, actually just a few weeks ago, our own Rig White spoke uh, from this passage, and it goes like this, Romans 12, 1, therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, Paul says, I beseech you, I beg of you, based on God's mercies. The mercies are uh, the gospel truths that he's taught for 11 chapters. 
based on the mercies of God, how kind God has been to you, to take you as a depraved individual who's, who deserves hell and who's rebelled against God, and yet God has provided salvation in Christ and all the provisions that go with that, and he promises us glory in, in, uh, in heaven. He says, based on these mercies of God, I urge you to present yourselves a living and a holy sacrifice to him. Based on how God has been so good to you, put your life on the altar and say, Lord, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. That's the same thing that Paul is teaching essentially in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. So in light of how, how good God has been to us in saving us and making us his children, how can we sit in a church service with non-Christians and listen to blasphemous things about God? And, and it is blasphemy. It is blasphemy. If we are thankful to God for his grace, we just can't do that. So what should we do? Not only should we separate from worshiping with unbelievers out of gratitude to God, that's the primary reason, but there's a secondary reason. Look a little bit further in verse, seven, in verse 1, rather. We should also do it for our own spiritual health. It's for God's glory to be thankful for him, but it's for us as well. Notice, therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit. In light of these great promises that God has made and fulfilled in our lives, Paul says, now you have a responsibility. You have a specific responsibility. Out of gratitude to the Lord for his mercy and grace in your life, he said, then you are to cleanse yourself from being contaminated by false religion. Cleanse yourself. Now, it's interesting that the way this is worded, it is our responsibility. It's not God's responsibility. The Lord didn't say, I'll do it in the sense that you have to do nothing. Now, ultimately, it's God who cleanses us, but we have the responsibility to do something about it. And ultimately, it's the Lord who, who uh, gives us the power to do this. But it's not something that you just sit back and say, it will happen if I pray about it, or if I seek counsel about this, or if I just wait on the Lord. It's not happening then. You have to do something. And this is the main point uh, Paul is making in this verse. We, we want to stop now, and we want to examine this. We want to make sure we fully understand what he's talking about and how it applies to our lives. The Greek word that Paul used that is translated defilement, it can be translated uh, contaminate in the King James Version and New King James Version, it's translated filthiness. It's only used here in the New Testament. This one time, this, this precise form of this word is used only here in the New Testament. However, it is used three times in the Greek translation of the Old Testament. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, but if you didn't happen to speak Hebrew and you were in the Greek-Roman world, you'd be in trouble. So there was a translation made from the Hebrew to the Greek language, just like we have translations in our English language. And three times in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, this word is used. In each case, it refers to religious defilement from worshiping other gods. It is always used in the sense of religious defilement, never anything else. And that is precisely what the Corinthians were guilty of. By going to the pagan temple at Corinth, being involved in the worship of false deities, they were contaminating themselves. They were becoming spiritually filthy, which is what that's all about. In what way or ways were they being contaminated? Look at the verse again. Let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement, he says, of flesh and spirit. So there are two ways that we defile ourselves if we are involved in false religion. We defile ourselves in a fleshly way, and we defile ourselves in, in spirit. 
Now, what does he mean by that? Defilement of the flesh means exactly what it sounds like. He's using flesh here in the sense of the body. It means that involvement in false religion can lead to sinning against God with our bodies, specifically in the areas of sexual immorality as well as drunkenness. Certainly that was the case at Corinth. In fact, let's look at that chapter 6 of his first letter. I mentioned it before, but let you need to see this and you need to grasp what was going on here as preposterous and as absurd and as ludicrous as it sounds to us, this really was taking place. Verse 15 of chapter 6, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I take away the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? May it never be. I mean, Paul is saying it's, it's just absurd to even think such a thing. Or do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? For he says the two shall become one flesh. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. And then he says, flee immorality. Just get away, run from it. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. The worship of pagan deities caused the Corinthians to defile their bodies by having sexual relations, Paul tells us, with prostitutes who were at the temple who were considered sacred priestesses. That's what was going on. And it is a well-known fact that ancient pagan Rituals of worship always involve such things as drunkenness and gluttony and sexual perversions. And and by the way, that goes on in the world today. Just because we tend to be a little isolated from it here doesn't mean that it's not going on. When Michelle and I were in India uh, some years ago, we were told that uh, in uh, uh, Hindu temples, and I'm not saying this happens all the time, but the priests do sexually perverted things with children. That's that's a known fact amongst the, uh, the people. Is it legal? No, it's illegal, but lots of things are done illegally that uh, are, are just common practice. That stuff goes on. And even today, there are many uh, cults that have some type of, uh, of fleshly immorality going on with them. Because why? Because false religion and cults, which, is all really, which are all really the same, they pander to uh, fleshly appetites. In fact, um, a more modern, modern example of this is, the, uh, is Mormonism. One of the initial attractions of, uh, to early Mormonism was polygamy. It attracted a lot of men. It attracted a lot of men, lustful men, who could now justify their lust behind the cloak of religion. It got sanctified. You can have as many wives as they want. I don't think that was pure theology. It's lust behind that. The Apostle Peter put things in no uncertain terms when he wrote about false teachers in chapter 2 of his second epistle. Referring to false teachers, he said in verses 13 and 14, they counted a pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are stains and blemishes, revealing in their deceptions as they carouse with you, having eyes full of adultery that never cease from sin, enticing unstable souls, having a heart trained in greed, accursed children. Wow. Who'd want to be taught by that kind of teacher? Well, apparently a lot of folks are okay with that, but God wants better for us. Let's be careful in choosing the church we join and the spiritual partnerships we forge. Those choices are critical to our own spiritual well-being. It was good to have you here today. Verse by Verse is a daily Bible class led by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Lakeside is located at 1893 Sunset Point Road. 
You'll find service times and a map online at lakesidechapel.com. Or you can call the office at 727-441-1714. That's 727-441-1714. Or visit lakesidechapel.com. Here's another web address, and it's especially for our blind listeners. If you have a digital talking book player for the Library Service for the Blind, and you want a free audio Bible for your digital player, call 800-838-5924. Or visit www.blindbibles.com. That's blindbibles.com or 800-838-5924. And, of course, we have our own website, versebyverseradio.org. Check it out if you want to catch up on previous broadcasts or review what you've heard today. You can also give online if you'd like to help support Verse by Verse. Or give by phone by calling Lakeside at 727-441-1714. The web address again is versebyverseradio.org. And we thank you for your gifts that help keep these programs on the air. I'm Jerry Peterson. I mentioned a little while ago that the choices we make in what church we attend or what other spiritual alliances we make, are important to our spiritual well-being. Pastor Steve will get into that more deeply as he wraps up this series on spiritual separation on the next Verse by Verse. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. We are here to give you strength between... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.